What was the great monopoly fraud? Oh, and what exactly is Anka Anka Trakanka? Oh, I know what that is. <laughs> this is season seven of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Roy, and I think I remember that from uh, high school. <laughs> and we this week scoured the internet and other sources to find all of this totally useless information just for you. Plus, we'll answer your questions in the mailbag segment, more useless facts, and in the news, man with Molotov cocktail gets shot in his cocktail. Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. Step right up, folks. Don't be shy. Move it. Totally useless information with Nick and Roy present Games People Play. Yeah, I had a few cocktails from high school. Mm -hmm. Yes, once upon a time. And some other stories. <laughs> That's right. Thank you for joining us week after week. We really appreciate it. Over 66 countries now. We're on the iHeartRadio Talk Network all across Canada, coast to coast to coast. Let's get right to it. Candy Crush. You know that, that famous game, Candy Crush. It is, I never played it. It's, Did you? Uh, it is. It's addictive as all heck. Okay. Okay. Now, this is not my case, but it's also a marriage splitter. Mm. The game is fun, and it's a nice escape from reality. I guess in some cases, their spouse. But it also created a lot of harm in people's relationships. But maybe maybe the person did wasn't playing the game. Maybe they just crushed the girl named Candy. Oh, if you know what I mean. Maybe that's the case. In <laughs> Egypt, if you in a country like Egypt, the percentage of divorces skyrocketed over the last fifty years. Who knew that something as simple as the Candy Crush game could have a major negative impact on marriages? And where was this? Egypt. Oh, yeah. Well, that's because Dubai came around. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. You guys snuck away for a little to partake in a little uh, mischief, if you know. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> I'll tell you this, though. You have to give them credit. They did wear protection. They wore sheiks. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Really. Thank very you. funny. Mate. Thank very you. Very funny. Offensive, but funny okay. at the same time. <laughs> that's what we do. Listen, laugh, learn. That's what I like. Yeah. <laughs> During World War II, Nazis allowed prisoners of war to play board games. Yeah. Okay, and they were supplied to the prisoners by the Red Cross and other humanitarian groups. That's nice. Except the board games were laced. They were all full of surprises. They were laced with maps built into the board <laughs> made out of silk that were placed underneath the boards. Small tools that were melded into the game boxes like little saws, you know, they could use the, the wire to saw things, you know. No. But the biggest game for them to smuggle stuff in with, the Nazis found, was Monopoly. Oh. So Monopoly was responsible for hundreds of jailbreaks during the prisoner of war period, Nazi World War II. Now that's one big get out of jail card, don't you think? Yeah, exactly. That's probably why they put that there. And the Nazis were like, Vivant Bordbock! <laughs> That's right. <laughs> On park place. Do not do not pass go. Just you know, just keep going. Just you can get out of jail. That's not it is their burden to pass go and to go to jail. 
Yes. Deutschland. Here's um <laughs> yes. Every time we talk about anything German, it's obligatory. Actually, you know what you missed? Now I'm disappointed. Where's the German national anthem anytime we talk about Germans? Oh, Deutschland, Deutschland, alles. Uh, For those of you that don't know, I have German in me, and not just the knockwurst, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so we've heard. Here's my teaser. This game was introduced by, the, by Swedish immigrants who put down roots in the United States in the 19th and early 20th centuries. During this time, about 1.3 million Swedes relocated to America, primarily settling in the Midwest along with other Scandinavian immigrants. But the very simple game of duck, duck, goose yes. that the Swedes in invented, the actual correct name of the game is duck, duck, gray duck, because the original name is Anka, Anka, Gratanka, which translates to... <laughs> You heard me. Anka, Leave it to the Swedes. Anka, Anka, Gratanka. Yeah. Also, you know what that is? It's also uh, a uh, furniture from Ikea. That's right. <laughs> some some assembly required. Uh, with the, so Anka, Anka, Gratanka, despite what Roy says, translates to duck, duck, gray duck, not goose. Really? Yes. If you line up all the Scrabble tiles, the pieces to Scrabble with the letters on them. Yes. Of all the Scrabble games that were made since it began, it would go around the earth eight times. Whoa. That's a lot of Scrabble times. It's also 6,527,000,000 points. Is that is that what is that for real? Or you just made that up. Ah, oh, come on! Everything I say is made up. Uh, That's your Anka Tonka Kananka for today. <laughs> it is. And now you know we should have our our uh, our lady, our, our introduction lady, go. And now Anka Anka Gratanka. Oh, I'd like that. Duck Duck Goose. <laughs> do we get a, Do we have something in our budget to get a Swedish girl to work for us? <laughs> we don't have a Swedish. We don't have a budget to have a Swedish meatball at IKEA. Uh, pinball machine. Me and Nick are so old. Just watching is okay. <laughs> That's right. And we're not even sure what we're watching. Uh, now, that's why our wives are okay with this. That's right. They are. They're like, they're yeah. incapable of doing anything anyway. Yeah. We're safe. Is it because they're loyal? No, because they can't get up from where they are right now. No, because they're dead from the waist down. <laughs> that's right. Uh, pinball machines. Oh, boy, you and I, Roy, we've, we've played many a pinball game. As uh, those of you who are regular listeners to the show, thank you very much. And those of you who are just joining us, what took you so long, but thank you for listening. Roy and I grew, grew up. No, we didn't grow up, really. We didn't grow up. We met in high school, <laughs> friends for over 40 years, but worked in Roy's father's restaurant. And he's had a, a few pinball machines there. So we've oh my God, we yeah. burned through a lot of rolls of quarters in the 80s. Yes. Pinball. Remember the Gator? Remember the Gator game? It would grab the ball yeah. and yank it in. Pinball in its modern form was born during the Great Depression when Americans were looking for cheap entertainment. It was based on Bagatelle, a French game whereby players maneuvered balls past metal pins into holes on the playfield. Early pinball machines were built without flippers and did not involve any skill. Leave it to the French. Wow. Oxy food for oxy fee budazone. It's an arthritis pain medication. I was gonna fee budazone. Yeah. Oh, it is. I was gonna make a joke and saying, uh, do you get a prescription for that? Oh yeah. 
It helps with the waist down issues. No, this is actually oxyphebutazone. It's an arthritis medication, but it's also the most points that you could get in Scrabble with a word. Really? 1,778 points. Pretty much you win the game with the one word. <laughs> but can you imagine? O-X-Y-P-H-E-B-U-T-A-Z-O-N-E. And there are 84. That's the that's the long that's the the most points you can get. But there are also 84 English words that you can use with the letter Q without using the letter U. That many. Wow. Yes. So you'd have to basically because you only have seven letters in your in your um, rack, by the way, nice mm -hmm. rack. So you only yeah. have seven letters. So you'd have to latch onto the words that are already on the board and maneuver it in such a way where you get over a thousand points. Yeah, you'd wow. get seventeen hundred seventy-eight to be exact, the largest number of points for any word. There you go. All right. Pretty cool. Now we talked about pinball, so I figured let's just talk about the pinball wizard. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of music, but I figured you know we're talking about pinball anyway. But this is part of Tommy, the first rock opera. Tom did you ever go to see it? No, I didn't. Have you? I did. I went. I waited in line to see it in the movie theater, and, and it was, it was uh, interesting. I loved the Who's album, Tommy. The movie was a gratuitous thing of just putting a bunch of stars. I think Tina Turner was in it. Elton John was in it. Right. Um, you know, there's a lot of stars in it to make it seem interesting, but it wasn't. It wasn't so good. No. Well, it, 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 the story is about a young man who's deaf, dumb, and blind and becomes a pinball champion, and he, mm -hmm. he gains hordes of adoring fans. I said hordes with a D. It was mm -hmm. made into, play, into a play and ran as an off-Broadway production. So it's not exactly games. It's kind of music, but I figure we talk about pinball anyway. Why not? Mm -hmm. We're useless anyway. Yep. So what's the difference? Yeah, it was, it was actually a great album. If anybody knows, if, if has listened to Tommy... It's 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 really a fantastic. It's a rock opera. It's yeah. fantastic. Exactly. My teaser was the Great Monopoly Fraud. Uh oh. Yes. Well, I've uncovered it, Nick. And and once you people hear this, you'll be upset. Oh. The game is credited to Charles Darrow in the 1930s. Yeah. He started selling Monopoly as a game in a box. You know, a board game. Yeah. But the truth be told, here today. It was invented in 1904 by Lizzie Maggie, a woman named Lizzie Maggie. And she called the game the landlord game. Oh. Now, apparently, we busted Charles here, but apparently Charles somehow got a hold of the landlord game, which was not really being sold. Just this woman invented the game and people used to play it. And he patented it as Monopoly and sold it. Charles Darrow, the faker in chief. Yeah, he created his own monopoly. There you go. <laughs> if you think you about go. it. Thank you for joining us. Totally useless information with Nick and Roy is what you're listening to, in case you had any doubts at all what you were listening to. Um, <laughs> we, we, what the heck is this? We are on every week, and we thank you for joining us. Again, it was, as we mentioned, 66 different countries. We're an iHeartRadio talk network across Canada. And we invite you to join us on our website, and our website has all kinds of fun stuff to do. You go to nickandroy.com, and you click on episodes. You can go back and listen 
listen to the whole library of over 130 some odd episodes. You can also go to nickandroy.com and you click on birthdays and you can send your loved one or a friend a unique and fantastic birthday message. You have to do it, folks. Go on, check it out. This is becoming a rage. I mean, really, honestly, we have stuff. We have people asking us to do it for other things like Christmas cards and anniversaries and so on. And we're doing it for them. We're specializing. It's like a mini show made for the person that you care for. And it is amazing. Go on nickandroy.com. Click on birthdays. You'll hear there's actually a sample there. It's a lot of fun. And, And the person will just be so happy that that gets it it is for the person that has everything they don't have this and they need it so nickandroy.com 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 welcome to the totally useless information fashion show in our fashion segment here i'm going to give you some pointers you never have more than two patterns in an outfit you'll confuse a lot of people including roy and i even better keep it to one pattern if you can avoid sensory overload The rest should be solid colors. More than two patterns will create the type of eyesore that people will notice because they feel like they can't avoid it no matter which direction they look in. So It's garish, too. It's garish. And if people stare at it for too long, they could go into an epileptic fit. (laughs) (laughs) So not only that, you're hurting people. Yes. You're hurting their eyes. Don't do that. Let's break it down, shall we, Nick? Okay. Women will approximately spend $125,000 in their lifetime on clothing. No. Over 3,000 items. And then we broke some of them down. 271 pairs of shoes, 185 dresses, and 145 handbags. Now, are they kidding? My wife will probably spend more like four or $500,000. <laughs> I broke down some things from her. About 1,000 pairs of shoes, 275 dresses, 650 handbags, and over 12,000 items. Thank you, honey. We're now poor. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, go play this game of Candy Crush. But my wife keeps telling me she keeps buying all these expensive items to wear and stuff to make me look prosperous. Yes, or pro- or <laughs> proper. <laughs> so I know down in Florida, Roy's in uh, in Florida. I'm uh, here in Toronto. Roy, uh, thankfully, did not get swept away by Hurricane Ian, although it was close. Um, you yeah. very you wear very casual things. Have you? When was the last time you wore a tie, a shirt and a tie? Do you remember? Um, well, I wear suits a lot, Nick. So I'm not. It's not fair to ask me, but. I, down here, even in restaurants, shorts are okay. To, you, there is no, like, dressing up down here other than for real fancy events. You know, I remember we often quote Rodney Dangerfield on this show, and I remember talking about, you know, uh, dress, proper dress attire. He goes, I went to a strip club. They wouldn't let me in. I didn't, I didn't have a shirt and a tie. <laughs> so if you are wearing a tie, this is what I'm getting at. When you're standing straight up, let me ask you this. How long is it, Roy? How long is your tie? You know, I like my tie a little bit long, but that's how I wear most of the items that hang off my body. <laughs> that's right. So how, <laughs> how long should your tie be? Well, when you're standing straight up, not hunched at all, your necktie should end right at the top of your belt buckle. Ah. Give or take. Now, no more than half an inch. Any shorter than this, you might as well call it a bib because that's what it is, not a tie. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't like when the tie looks short or too long. Yeah, if it's too short, then it looks like uh, uh, from Laurel and Hardy because you always wore the short I don't short know tights. if anybody ever noticed Donald Trump wears the, the classic blue suit and the red tie. He always wears that red tie. Right. But he wears his ties very long uh, under the belt line. Yeah. No, that's, so, that's, that's and it just seems yeah. a bit long. But I think he does that for, you know, he yeah. does it because he wants to do it his way, I guess. That's right. You know. The price of clothing decreased. Really? 8.5% from 1990 to 2020. So between 1990 and 2020, so for 30 years, mm -hmm. the price of clothing actually went down. But thanks to the amazing Joe Biden, <laughs> in the last two years, it's gone up over 12%. Wow. So... Technically, clothes have gone up since 1990, 12%. But it's only in the last two years that it's gone up over 12%. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Really appreciate it. Uh, well, Joe, Joe, here's some more advice. Here's Come on, some... man. <laughs> you know what, what I failed to do? Because I, this is really more like useful information. I, I failed to do that, and I apologize. But yeah, so this is all useful information because I'm telling you the proper wear, the proper way to wear fashion. And coming from us, it says a lot. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Under no circumstances do you match your pocket square to your tie. Ooh. A pocket square should be a complementary color to your tie, but should not match it exactly. Avoid having the same pattern on both. And that's the, the mistake that people make for some reason. It will end up overwhelming the look if both are the same. The only exception to this rule is formal attire with a tie of a single color. Well, let me just, um, being that you hit the switch for the useful information, yes. being that I wear a lot of suit jackets, I'm going to give a little information. First off, pocket squares do look nice. Yes. And not, I'm not big on the pocket square where it's so neatly square. I like more of a, of a, uh, a handkerchief type situation in that pocket mm -hmm. and it kind of peeks out. But most people don't know this. You could just pull the inside of the pocket up and it will look as though you have a handkerchief oh. in your pocket. It will also match the interior of the lining of your jacket. So there, my friends, is a fashion tip to take to the bank. <laughs> And when you go to the bank, make sure your tie is the right length. Yes. The first needles used for sewing, Nick. Oh. Not sewing, Nick. Oh. Sewing, Nick. Right. Comma, yes. Okay. Yes. They were, listen to this one. And I'm not talking about needles for recreational use. No. no. <laughs> no. That's not Thanks, recommended. Joe. Thank you, Joe. That's not recommended. <laughs> not recommended by Rick and Ray. They were made out of animal bones. Oh. And they date back, they, they have found these over 3,000 years where they have string attached to the animal bone. The bone of choice was, of course, the very small fish bones on the ribs. They were thin enough where they would pierce the material very easily, just like a needle. And then they could tie the string to the back of it and just run it through. How cool. I like that one. You know, that's one that you write down. And we always recommend when you listen to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy, we tell you, listen, laugh, and learn. Mm -hmm. Write these things down. 
You know what we And should... most of the people that listen to our show that don't know how to read or write, um, that's what you're listening for. Yes. <laughs> Just keep hitting rewind. Just join me and Nick. That's right. <laughs> just, just you'll get smarter by listening to totally useless information. Just keep hitting rewind until you get back to season one, episode one. Yeah, that just keep listening. Yes, just keep listening. That's what we recommend. Can you now, imagine, Nick, with the hundred and thirty episodes that we have? Right? Yes, yes. All joking aside, to the people listening right now, yeah. If you were to listen to all hundred thirty episodes of our show, mm -hmm. you would gain so much information. It is, it's unbelievable. I'm looking back at some of our notes from the shows, and it's amazing how much information we we do give, and we we enjoy doing it. And we thank you, by the way, for how many countries now? Sixty six. Sixty six countries listen to us. Some love it. They thank you. Thank you, but even some of those countries don't even speak English, so go figure. Well, that's why they're listening to us. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Like, These guys are so funny. Listen, Listen to them. My, they can't even speak English themselves. My my, my grand my grandmother uh, learned English by watching the soap operas. And I've heard uh. stories where immigrants who came to the United States they would listen to radio programs just to learn the good English. Yeah, that's why when Nick came home, his grandmother used to go, Nick. You're home. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and it's not it's not Ted's baby. Uh, one thing you have to do when it comes to fashion, do well, this is what you need to do. You create the perfect balance. If you're wearing a simple blouse, Roy, then make sure you. Oh, sorry, I, that was a typo. Excuse me. If you're wearing yeah. a simple blouse, why do you have to tell people what I'm wearing right now? <laughs> then make sure to liven it up with a print skirt. Or something with a vibrant Nick. color. <laughs> All right. So if you're wearing a simple blouse, Roy, then make sure to liven it up with a print skirt or something with vibrant color, Nick. Conversely, if your skirt or pants are plain, liven up the outfit by adding a more animated top. Uh, this yeah. is good advice, Nick. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know what? By animated top, we don't mean like, you know, a Mickey Mouse blouse. And not a TV. I That's right. <laughs> <laughs> men's shirts now ladies i know this is gonna upset you so just put your hands over your ears <laughs> men's shirts button on the right no yes yeah yes women's shirts button on the left right sorry ladies it's just the way it is it's a right-handed world and men run the world <laughs> yes. so our shirts button to the right right so that's why they did it, by the way. Why? To give us the upper hand, so to speak. Most no, people are right handed. Well, the other reason for that is when the women were dressed by their servants, the buttons have to be on the other side so that the servant can button the blouse. Correct. What a smarty pants. What a smarty pants, Nick. Useless pants is what I am. Not smarty pants. I'm a useless pants. Hey, hey, that would be great swag, huh? Useless pants. Well, that's because of fashion. I called you a smarty pants. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us. Once again, go to our website, nickandroy.com. You can do all kinds of great stuff, and we'll talk about emails in just a moment. But in the meantime... Your weekly sweet and savory facts of totally useless information with Nick and Roy. Come and get it! I haven't heard that in a while. I don't think we've done food in a while. No, not, not, not. Yeah, I, I, that's why I was really hungry. I'm like, okay, it's time to have I'm hungry food. right now. Can we pause the show? Sure, no. pause. We'll be back right after this word from our sponsor. Egypt, the place they built the pyramids. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, they had money, you know, coined money at the time, and they had they had all different forms of of money to trade with. But most of their workers did not get paid in money. No, they got paid in predominantly radishes, onions, and garlic, oh. which they could either trade or use at home or whatever. But they got paid mostly in vegetables and fruits. Okay, but they got paid mostly in onions, garlic, and radish. Could you see the kids? Mommy, Daddy, Daddy's almost home. I could smell them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. but can you just see the little Egyptian kids? Mommy, Daddy is almost home. He is only one cubit away. <laughs> did you say? Did you just say, Mommy? <laughs> mommy, Mommy, <laughs> Mommy. <laughs> That's right. What He's only we- a cubit, Nick. A cubit. Egyptian terminology for exactly <laughs> what do kids call their moms? Mummy, mummy, <laughs> Egyptian kids call their moms mummy. <laughs> uh, now, uh, we've again we worked in a bar, and sometimes they would order their drink like scotch or whiskey neat. This means that a spirit is directly poured into a glass and preferably a clean, neat glass. It's mm-hmm. similar to a shot, but the glass makes a huge difference in the sipping experience. Neat drinks are about two ounces, not chilled, and there are no extra ingredients, including ice. So that's how you call That's why they call it whiskey neat. Yeah, usually it's not a shot glass. It's more of a rock glass that's placed in so that you could spin it around. I guess you could use a, a snifter too, like a brandy snifter. I would assume that that's neat. I have to find that out. Uh-huh. Twinkies! We all love Twinkies, don't we? I haven't had a Twinkie in like forever. They do have a shelf life. And I remember on one of our shows, we said what the shelf life was. I think it was like six months or five months or something. But they do have a shelf life. Yeah. Most people think they don't. Right. But did you know that they're they're not filled with cream? No. That white creamy filling? Well, it's creamy, but it's got nothing to do with cream. In fact... It's nothing but homogenized vegetable oil whipped up super fast. It's shortening. It's literally vegetable shortening whipped up, and we're eating grease. <laughs> wow. Yes. I, that blows my mind. I'm going to write that one down. Hang on just Well, a if you put enough sugar on anything, it tastes good. Hell, <laughs> I ate a shoe once. <laughs> That's right. You did. They told me it was brittle. <laughs> <laughs> So um, the classic drink, the screwdriver, the screw, ah. which is vodka and orange juice. Yes. Victorino Matus, the author of a book, Vodka, How a Colorless, Odorless, Flavorless Spirit Conquered America. He explains in his book how the screwdriver got its name. Many decades ago, American oil workers in the Persian Gulf discreetly added vodka to their orange juice while on the job. Lacking a spoon, the workers decided to stir the drink with a hammer. No, a screwdriver. Ah. And that's how the the name of the drink, vodka and orange juice, became screwdriver. Screwdriver. Yeah. Pretty interesting, folks. This is the stuff you learn here. You learn this no place else. And while you're learning that, Nick and I are drinking loads of vodka. (laughs) Yes. Tons and tons of vodka. Yeah, the colorless, odorless, flavorless spirit. Plus, being that he's in Toronto, he does a few joints. Well, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm legal. feeling, I'm feeling my joints right now. 
Yeah, yeah. Nick, Nick it's legal up there, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. That's yeah. what, and down here in, in Florida, it's legal for medicinal purposes, right. which of course I'm ailing from a lot of different things that require <laughs> one or two joints a day. No, I'll just take the whole pack. <laughs> they said, "Do you want one of those stickers for your car?" I said, "No, just one of them certificates to get the pot." That's right. <laughs> I'll go. crash my car wherever I feel. Pizza was for poor people really? in Italy. It was invented as a quick hand food, almost like a sandwich for us in the United States. It right. was literally something they could grab in their hand and take with them while they were going to work or whatever and eat it on the way. So it was mainly for the, the lower class people. But get ready for this margarita pizza, which is just mozzarella and sauce, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Is the most famous pizza and the most ordered pizza. Simple. How did it get its name? Well, I'm going to tell you, folks. The guy's name was King Umberto I. His wife was Queen Margarita. Ah, there you go. They There's... went to Naples. Yeah. And it was beneath them to order pizza oh. because that was poor people's food. But she said, I love it and I want it. And whatever the queen wants, the queen gets and so after she ate it, they said, we're going to call this margarita pizza. Wow. There you go. I love that. And then, of course, they try to order takeout. And they said, well, if it's 30, if it's 30,000 years or less, it's free. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't know what that means, but sure. Well, you know, the, the whole, the whole, there was a Domino's pizza that had uh, name drop. Uh, Domino's pizza had yeah. the 30 minute guarantee. And then they had. The well, no, there was no Domino back then. No, no, Nick. No. Just little Julius Caesar. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It was a Julius Caesar pizza, wasn't it? So if you're having steak, congratulations. You're not a poor person. So you're not ordering pizza. The original recipe for HP sauce was developed by Frederick Gibson Garten, a grocer from Nottingham. What's HP sauce? Well, it's steak sauce. You have it up there? Yeah, we do. Do you not have Oh, a is it like A1? So you don't have HP sauce down there? Is, I don't think so. Is our HP I mean, your A1? I don't know. Well, you know what? We're going to do this li live research. There's a new... Um, this is a new feature on the yeah. show. It's called We Stumped Ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we're so useless, we don't even know what the hell we're talking about. No, I've never heard of HP steak sauce. And I don't think anybody else in the United States listening did either. Or Guam, for that matter. <laughs> the territory of Guam. <laughs> well, okay. So according to my, my research machine here, the, the variety <laughs> was renamed... Um, HP chicken and rib in Canada and the U.S. Uh, they named it the same thing. So HP barbecue sauce. I don't think this is an actual a. It's a one sauce. What is the American equivalent of HP sauce? It's a one. Oh my God! There you go. How crazy is that? Well, there you go. So now see the audience. We peek back the curtain just a little bit. Not that there's a curtain, but we did. So behind the scenes here. So HP sauce is, I guess, your A1 in the United States. It's a steak sauce. It was invented by Frederick Gibson Garden in Nottingham. In 1895, he heard that a restaurant was serving it in the Houses of Parliament. And for many years, the, the label on the bottles carried a picture of the Houses of Parliament. Every monarch for the past several centuries, including the late Queen Elizabeth, put their official stamp of approval on a handful of their favorite items. This distinction was known as the Royal Warrant, 
which is given to companies that the king or queen deemed to be suitable suppliers. She loved her HP sauce. Crazy. And, and just to give a little bit of uh, extra insight into the HP, the initials HP. Yes. In the song, Someone Saved My Life Tonight by Elton John, one of the lines that nobody knows in the song is he says, I'll pay your HP demands forever. Oh. Pay your HP demands forever. Yeah. Coming in the morning with a truck to take me home. Okay, you, you know the song. Yes. Right? Someone saved my life tonight. Yes. Okay. What are HP demands? Well, this one took some time and research, but HP demands are an English way of saying high-priced loans. Oh, the demand to pay for a high-priced item. So if you buy a diamond ring in England, you take out like a loan for it. And if you, so they have like, it's almost like using a credit card, but you know, it's like a credit loan and they're called HP demands. So in the song, he's going to pay her HP demands forever because she must spend a lot of money. Now you're thinking, so here's the kicker now. So thank you for that explanation. Do you know what the HP stands for in HP sauce? No. Houses of Parliament. Oh, wow. So there you go. There you have it. Listen, laugh, and learn on totally useless information. You know what the A1 stands for in A1 sauce? What? I don't know. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> I'm asking you. That was rhetorical. Okay. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson went to France, and he brought something back with him that he found to be amazing. He enjoyed the taste of this particular meal that he had and he said i need to know how to make that and they said well we use this little machine here the machine was a pasta machine and he brought that machine back with him to the united states and pasta would then become a craze in the united states due to thomas jefferson crazy let me let me go back. That, that is so. We, we're talking about pizza for poor people. We have HP sauce, which you don't have in the United States. It's A one, and you're thinking, what does A one stand for? Well, I found this out as well. The chef to England's King George the Fourth loved the sauce, and the king was so pleased he proclaimed it as A number one, A one for short. There you go. See, folks, we we literally find out all of this stuff. And you, once you hear it, it's hard to forget it. But you can't believe how much it enriches your life when you have a conversation with someone. We have been told many a time that when they go to a party, they often quote our show. So thank you for doing that. Totally uses information with Nick and Roy. And they say, we heard these two crazy guys on the radio. We heard these two guys on, on the podcast that they have. Totally useless information, and I found out this, and they tell us every time they love it because it's a great conversation starter, and even introverts have said to us, which is quite a lot, right, because an introvert doesn't really say much to people, and they told us they love our show for that reason. They have something to talk about, so you're very welcome. Yeah, it is, it is amazing because when Nick and I go to a party, we've often been told, shut up. <laughs> or the other the other explanation i have is now you know this is information this way when you go on a game show people will say so <laughs> is it my turn or your turn it's my turn isn't it how about colonioni di mulo mm -hmm. colonioni yep, i've di had mulo. that disease no 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 it's not a disease <laughs> She it, swore. She swore nick no 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 listen <laughs> colonioni di mulo means mule balls Oh, Coglionis. Coglionis, Italian for, for testicles. Yes, 
and these are coglioni di mulo, which are mule balls. In reality, right, the mulo. But here's, but you know, for those of you animal activists, Peter, put down the phone. The poor mule has nothing to do with it. Mule's balls are simply pork salami. Okay, so the uh, mule was spared, but not the pigs. Okay, so right, exactly. <laughs> right. Is so, it the pigs' balls or it's just the pork? Well, it's the mule's balls are simple pork salami with a uh, how do we put this? A particular shape, and it encases yeah. a small cube of lard known as the jewel. Yep, the jewel. See, when you put that's disgusting. You got to be a real pig <laughs> when you pork someone up to the balls. Right. <laughs> Maybe that's why they call it the. I mean, that's why they call it the family jewels. Yeah. It is why. What's this called? A Morte Pig Balls? <laughs> <laughs> no, Colione de Mulo. And has nothing to do with It is widespread in the mountain ranges of Umbria, Le Marche, Lazio, and Abruzzo in Italy. Colione yeah, de Mulo. Uh, yeah. And yeah. say that six times, folks. How about one time? There you go. So a uh, cube, a cube of lard which is how we're often referred to, Nick and Roy. Uh, yeah. This is our mules, balls, are simply the pork salami shaped in balls. Yeah, there you go. That's a lot of information here. It is. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mailbag? Carol writes to us. Now, she didn't say where she's from, but she emailed us. I love your show and would like you to answer this question for me. I have heard this saying a few times in the last month, mainly on my soap operas. Where did where did the saying in cahoots come from? Now you said in cahoots earlier on, and mm -hmm. I and I was gonna interrupt this and let me not interrupt because it's rude to interrupt. Where yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, did you say I something? Think, I think we interrupt each other like thirty times each during something the like show. that. Yeah. So where the so anyway, Nick? Now I'm, I'm are you in cahoots with Carol now? Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, I'm in cahoots. So with she her. wants to know where in cahoots came from. So first of all, uh, she says thank you for reading my mail, and first of all, you're welcome, Carol. And of course, thank you for listening. And she's actually written us uh, to us before. I believe she sent us a question about uh, how did the cave people um, cut their nails? Cahoots may derive from the French cahoot, meaning cabin or hut suggesting that the notion of two or more people hidden away working together in secret in cahoots mm. and that's and what they meet at the little hut right, right? and consume themselves with colonial because you motors. can't trust the french you know yeah they stole the fries from the belgian they people, did. You know. They did. And also they, they consumed many Colione de Mulos. <laughs> but seriously, Carol, thank you very much for listening. We thank you very much for your email. Really appreciate it. Katie from White Plains, New York. Oh, yeah. She writes, Nick and Roy, let's see your Cojones de Mulos. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you would. No, she didn't write that. Too bad, though. Yeah. That would have been fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Katie from White Plains, New York, yes. says, A friend turned me on to your show, and I am genuinely hooked. I have listened to upwards of 100 episodes. Wow, thank you. Thank you, she writes, for so much amazing information. I feel as though I'm a smarter person for listening to you guys. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and our teachers said we'd never amount to anything. 
<laughs> yes. And that was our math teacher. Well, who said that he goes on. This was a very long, long letter. And she goes on to say that she, um, of course, she went on our website. Mm -hmm. She ordered a birthday message for her husband. Oh, and it, his name is John the Jonathan. If you remember the birthday message for Jonathan. Yes. And we we did a message for him. We did a, a small little birthday show for him. And she says he went nuts and he's not even into this. She, she even writes that he's not into podcasts or listening to stuff like that. He now listens to the show and she catches him in the morning uh -huh. listening to it in the bathroom on his phone. <laughs> so he's sitting well, there. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, Jonathan. He's sitting on the toilet giggling away. He's like, what the hell is he laughing yeah, he's, at? He's doing something useful while listening to useless information. That's right. Totally useless information. With Nick and Roy, once again, you go to our website. And what's the name of the show? Uh, totally useless information. And it's nickandroy.com, folks. Nickandroy.com. And now for something completely useless. A new study by YouGov America shows that the sounds that Americans the sounds that Americans love to hear coming in third so they did a survey coming in third of them of them the sounds they love to hear a baby laughing I mean that melts your heart doesn't it I mean mm -hmm. you know you have a granddaughter I'm not sure she's laughing yet you know but she hasn't seen your picture in a while she's the most beautiful baby I have ever seen yeah. And I really, truly mean that. She's yeah. beautiful. She is. I've seen pictures, and I can attest to that. It's not just a, a, a proud grandfather. She really is beautiful. So baby I laughing and very blessed. And so, yes, the number, the third most popular sound that people loved were, was baby laughing. Second is singing. It all depends on who's singing. <laughs> and yeah. by the way, as an aside, if you are in the southwest part of Florida, visit musicbyroy.com. And click on the website there, and you can check out where Roy is singing in Southwest Florida. You can hear him sing, and you're going to love him singing. So lots of great stuff there. And the number one sound, according to the survey, or what people love to hear the most, a rainstorm. Mm. Pretty interesting. You know, I have that on a thing by my bed. I have one of those white noise machines. Yeah. And it also has the sound of raindrops and a water stream or something like that. And but every time I put that on, I pee the bed. I was going to say, and you wonder why. <laughs> great minds think like I was going to say, and, and you wonder why you wet the bed. Now, And then I put on, I hit the button for the baby laughing, which is very appropriate after I pee the bed. That's right. Blame it on the baby. So now, <laughs> conversely, the nation's least favorite sounds, according to the survey, someone scratched. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> is that you interrupting me again? So someone scratching on a chalkboard. Right. That's always right. annoying. Twenty six percent. Twenty six percent of the survey said it's the most irritating noise. Chewing with their mouth open. 14, Which I'm doing with the cough drop right now. Fourteen <laughs> percent. And the number one least favorite sound heard, according to the survey by YouGov America, farting. Thirteen percent. Wow. Yeah. That is, you see, but that, that, that's not only a bad sound, it's also physical as well. But it's, it's hilarious. Come on, you tell me that when you, you hear the sound effects of, of a fart and you don't giggle. Did you ever see the congressman that's being interviewed? Yes. And he farts twice <laughs> and it's loud. 
He's like, well, uh, Sharon. Uh, <laughs> he's like, um, excuse me. Didn't that it's happen great. to uh, Rudy Giuliani? Didn't that happen when he was on? I forget what it was. No, what's the other guy? Was no Rudy Giuliani had the hair color in his hair. He did, but he also they weren't sure. But he thought that when he leaned over, he did let go a fart, and his assistant did like a <laughs> like a whiplash take. <laughs> so it definitely was, and all the comedians went crazy on it. Right? You ever My see guy. the thing where he put he had the hair color in his hair and yeah. it's running down his yeah. face? Poor guy. But Jerry Nadler, he's a congressman. And he actually pooped himself at the podium. Oh, wow. And you can see it on YouTube. It's kind of sad in a yeah, way, you know, because he's shuffling off in the background. <laughs> so that he can kind of keep it contained, if you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so is that your first useless fact? Here's the, What's the second useless fact? Was that, was that it? Well, this guy named James Smith was a restaurateur. Yes. And he liked to make sweets and things for his restaurant. He was working with some caramel and he tried to make little caramel, almost like um, suckers, you know, like little candies. Yeah. Out of caramel. He wasn't feeling so well that day. He tried a few of them and he noticed it had calmed his cough. He said, wow, this is amazing. So he packaged them and sold them as cough candy which would eventually come Smith Brothers Cough Drops. Ah, beautiful. And he did that in 1850. He was actually selling them big time by 1852 or three. And then along comes Luden's as well in 1879. So the cough drop was originally called Cough Candy. And it was invented by James Smith, a restaurateur. One of the Smith Brothers. <laughs> Lots of stuff here today, boy. We really, you got your money's worth, and thank God you didn't pay for anything. Uh, today on the show. <laughs> you got your money's worth, which was zero. Zero. Today on the show, we talked about games. We talked about fashion, what to do, what not to do. We talked about food. It's time for the news. And now, from around the corner and around the world, this is TUI News. Dateline, Polk County, Florida. Oh, here we go. We're a, back in Florida. A 30-year-old Lakeland man faces multiple charges after he attempted to start a house fire and then led deputies on a chase that made its way in, onto Interstate Number 4, closing part of the highway. Yes, I-4. I-4? I-58 and a half. When a deputy <laughs> arrived at the residence, he <laughs> witnessed the man, later identified as 30-year-old Luke Neely, getting into an older model Chevrolet pickup truck. Of course, it's a pickup Can truck. Can I stop you, Nick? Yes. You 59 and a half. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. As you can tell, I failed geology in school. <laughs> so getting into an older Chevrolet pickup truck. But you still rock. <laughs> That's right. Uh, getting into an older Chevrolet uh, pickup truck and leave the scene, according to the press release later sent by the Sheriff's Department. The deputy attempted a traffic stop, but no, Neely did not pull over and drove south on Highway 98. Ooh, he's off the road now. Chef Judd said the, dep the deputy attempted a precision immobilization technique or a pit maneuver on the truck. It was not successful, and Neely proceeded to drive onto westbound back to I-4 again. Wow, he did a loop around now. He, this guy is not stoppable. 
deputies said they were able He's to... He's heading towards Disney World at that point, too. Probably, yes. Maybe that's what he wanted to go. Where are you going? I want to go to Disney World. Uh, he said, I'm feeling a little goofy. I want to go to Disney World. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so deputies said they were able to block and end the pursuit in the area of westbound on-ramp of uh, I-4 from Branch Forbes Road in Hillsborough County. Ooh, that's close to Tampa. The truck Luke Neely was driving stopped along I-4. The sheriff, Judd, said Neely exited the truck carrying an AR-15, which was fully loaded, and he had a fully loaded Ooh. handgun on his hip. Oh, this guy's packing. So deputies say they engaged Neely and fired That's how we him. go to church. We go to church like that here in Florida. <laughs> That's right, yes. <laughs> in the name of the Father, load your guns. Incapacitating <laughs> him, okay, so they, they fired at him. According to Sheriff Judd, Three Polk County deputies fired shots at Neely, hitting him multiple times. Judd mm. said that Neely was shot twice in the right leg, once in the left leg, and once in the groin. Whoa. According to Sheriff Judd, we've changed the looks of his groin forever, if you know what I mean. End quote. That, so they, they shot this guy in his legs and his groin. Three officers shot at him, one in the left leg, one in the right leg. And right, one right in the groin, right in the where the sun didn't shine. So basically, he was shot in the jewels. Yes. He was, he was shot. not a criminal stealing the jewels. No. He was shot in the jewels. He got shot in the Culeone de Mulos. So he lost his jewels to a police officer. That's the true headline here. Three of them. He was sent to a local hospital for treatment for gunshot wounds, but they were not life-threatening, but socially embarrassing. So now he goes to Disney World and he he more associates with Minnie, no. if you know what I mean. He, he's singing the song now, It's a Small World After All. It's a small <laughs> one after, after all. all. With all those people listening that Nick brings up all this nonsense about Florida... By the way, there is a board game called Crazy Flor Floridian People. There's a board game. <laughs> really? But Nick brings all this up about Florida. And, yeah. and the reality is we're pretty normal people down here. Well, these are extraordinary people that we bring to news from around the oh, world. Oh, yes, they certainly are. Yeah. Now, uh, Mr. Neely was not the one, only one that was injured. One of the deputies sustained a wrist injury. But other than that, the only person who was injured... What is was he trying to resuscitate... <laughs> He was trying. Package. <laughs> that we got a wrist injury. He's being treated for carpal tunnel syndrome. He said, "Let me let me help this guy out a little bit here." You know? <laughs> After all, we shot him in the package. The least we could do is uh, try to revive it and do a little um, CPR. <laughs> CPR. <laughs> and the first word is not cardio. <laughs> And P is not pulmonary. That's all the time we have for this episode of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Ray. We thank you very much for sticking along on this great journey of totally useless information. We will scour the internet and other sources to find more totally useless information just for you. And until then, you can always go to nickandroy.com, but we encourage you to tell everyone that you know about this show. Please send it out on Facebook. Tell everybody how wonderful Nick and I are. We really like it. Yeah, we really, really <laughs> like it. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy is a production of nickandroy.com. Visit nickandroy.com to access the full library of episodes 
or wherever you get your podcasts.